1: My mother-in-law asked me one time, I'll never forget it. Not long after Elizabeth and I married, we were having a conversation. and She said, you know, Robert, I just don't understand why God would become a man. That's the amazing part. That's the astonishing part. Why would He do that? The Bible says it's because of the great love with which He loved us, that He was willing to do that, that He was willing to become a man to demonstrate his devotion to us. He didn't have to do that. He was
0: not obligated. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. Sometimes it's easy to forget just how substantial this is. God owed us nothing, yet provided us opportunity for salvation. Today, finishing Acts chapter 13, Pastor Robert shares the story of Paul realizing the need to let people know of God's love and going out to share it. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message.
1: If your life doesn't prove, doesn't demonstrate your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your commitment to Him as your Lord and Savior, then nobody cares what you have to say about Him. Why should they? You don't really believe what you say you believe. If you did, you'd be living in it. Up. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, we all have struggles. and None of us is doing it perfectly, are we? Do You understand what I'm saying? There's so many, so many Christians that, well, they're Sunday Christians. You know, they're committed to their church. I had a police officer tell me one time, you know, he's, he you know, the the mouth, the vulgarity, the bad language and everything, and and one of the other cops is like, hey man, you know, quiet it down a little bit. You with the chaplain, you know. And and he says, Ah, that's what confession's for. I'll go to confession. That's it. You know, no, that's a legal relationship with God. You understand? That's not what he wants with you. It doesn't work that way. Actually, as Paul wrote to these same people later in the the book of Galatians, he was writing a letter back to them years later, and and, and he addressed that very thing. He's like, you can't play games with God. Well, you think you can just go to confession, or you got baptized, or you're good? No. It's about your heart. It's about relationship. Are you his or not? If you're His, it'll be evident in your life. If you, James says that if you actually have a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it'll be evident in your life. It'll be evident in your choices. Your works will bear out the fact that you're a Christian. They don't make you a Christian. But they will bear out the reality that you are a Christian. We'll be able to see it evidenced in your life. Listen, Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? Like, if, if you're supposed to be that preserving, flavoring component in, in South Beach, and you're not, then what do we do to season you? You can't. Do you understand? You're it. You are. You are the, the, the salt. You're the light for Miami Beach. And if you're not giving light, who will? If you're not bringing flavor, if you're not bringing preserving, you know, that preserving quality that salt brings life, if you're not bringing life, then, then who will? Who will? It's up to us. And it's not your words, it's your choices, it's your commitment, it's your lifestyle, it's how you live, coupled by what you say. Paul didn't go in there slamming them, bunch of heathen nutcases, prostituting your daughters and your mothers. and How dare you? That's wicked. Don't you understand? You don't see him doing that. But pastor, what about the thing with the sorcerer? Well, that's different. See, when you start living out your Christianity, you can expect opposition. You can expect it. It's going to happen. There's going to be opposition. Don't let that intimidate you. Don't be afraid of it. Just address it. God will make it go away. It's his fight. I want you to notice, Paul didn't do anything to Elymas. Paul didn't do a thing to him. God did it. Paul said, the Lord's hand is upon you, buddy. And you know what? It's important, too, I think, to remember, how did Paul meet Jesus? Do you remember the story? God blinded him. That wasn't a bad thing. And he wasn't permanently blinded, and neither was this sorcerer, it says, for a time. For a time, you will not be able to see the sun. This guy, more than likely, he comes up. He's been used to being the influence in the proconsul's life. There must have been some power. Paul refers to him as a son of the devil, a deceiver. He's trying to oppose him. He doesn't want them leading this proconsul to the Lord Jesus. And so he steps into it and tries to prevent them access and and, and, prevent that from happening. And Paul just confronts him. Calls him out. You son of the devil. You think you're going to interfere with this. Well, let me tell you, the Lord's hand's upon you. And all of a sudden, this guy who thinks he's going to prevent something, now he's like, ooh, can somebody help me out of here? Where's the door? And he's just trying to leave. It's not permanent. But it's God dealing with opposition. Opposition is inevitable, but it's nothing to be afraid of. Because opposition is God's problem, and God will deal with it just like he did here, one way or the other. I love the fact, you know, Peter said that as we go through life, we need to always be ready, 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready to make an offense, to give an account for the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus. But we need to do it with gentleness and respect. Paul did that. Paul was, I'm sure, gentle and respectful with this proconsul. The opposition he dealt with. He wasn't afraid to say what needed to be said. But he wasn't called to condemn. He was called to minister grace, and so were we. So are we. Notice, lastly, in verse 12, what happened with the proconsul. He believed when he saw what had been done. But what was it that amazed him? It was the gospel. The teaching of the Lord. Astonished him. Literally, the word she used tells us that it was the doctrine that amazed him. We sing a song about it. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You know, for many of us as Christians, we get too comfortable with the fact, too complacent about the fact that God was willing to become a man and be executed in our place. That's amazing. My mother-in-law asked me one time, I'll never forget it. Not long after Elizabeth and I married, we were having a conversation and she said, you know, Robert, I just don't understand why God would become a man. That's the amazing part. That's the astonishing part. Why would He do that? The Bible says it's because of the great love with which He loved us, that He was willing to do that, that He was willing to become a man to demonstrate His devotion to us. He didn't have to do that. He was not obligated to reveal Himself to us. He was not obligated to make us aware of His existence. He certainly was not obligated to take our sin upon Himself and be executed for it. He did it because He loves you so much. Now imagine this Roman proconsul hearing that message for the first time, that Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth, is so devoted to you, Sergius Paulus, that he became a man. And he was executed on a Roman cross in your place. Just so that you could be reconciled to God and have a relationship with him and be led by his spirit through this life and into the next one. That's an amazing, amazing truth. It blew his mind. It should blow your mind over and over and over again, it should, it should blow your mind. Because it is an amazing thing that God was willing to do that, that He loves us that much. And see, kind of going back to our, our text here, Paul said, man, it's the love of God that constrains me. I have to go and tell people about this. I have to go. I can't keep this to myself. It's just too amazing. It's too rich. There's spiritual wealth available to me in Christ Jesus that will never be taken away. I can't live my life focused on this 70 years or whatever and, and things that are just going to burn and go away. And No, I'm going to give myself to building His kingdom. I'm going to trust Him to reward me and bless me. I'm going I'm to store up treasures in heaven. That's where my focus is going to be. As I said earlier... Some of you guys need to get going.
0: We are so blessed with the technologies that God has given us these days. Being able to share Bible teaching through the radio is wonderful. A couple of other great resources are Facebook and Twitter. For most of us, these resources are part of our everyday lives. Maybe as you were listening today, someone in your life came to mind that would be blessed by hearing this message. You can share today's message on your Facebook page and Twitter feed to help spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, radio is an expensive endeavor, and we want to let you know how you can help partner with us to help Main Thing Radio continue to grow. Here's Tracy.
1: We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home, But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is! We need your support to continue to share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button.
0: On behalf of Pastor Robert and the entire production team here at Main Thing Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. Be sure to join us again on this same station at this same time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.